As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. These are the words of John Paul II as he gave a homily in Australia in 1986. As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. Powerful words. Today we remember and ponder a reality of Christ's life that seems to sometimes go unnoticed. And probably because of that, probably the reason for that is because most of it is unknown. You see, Christ spent 30 of his 33 years in the quiet, subtle, hidden life of the family. The king of kings chose to sanctify and to hallow the first and vital cell of society, which we call the family. And the only glimpse that we get into Christ's childhood is what we hear today in the gospel, where he's presented in the temple. Other than that, nothing more. But the beauty of such silence is that the hidden life at Nazareth the hidden life of Jesus allows every single person to enter into fellowship, to enter into solidarity with Jesus by the most ordinary moments of life. The Holy Family is not holy simply because the people of whom it consists, although that is the primary reason, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. But also it is holy because it is set apart. The word holy means consecrated, but more literally, it means to be set apart. And so when it comes to the Holy Family, their day-to-day life was set apart for something special. I mean, even the Gospels, the four Gospels that relate to us the life of Christ, say nothing about it. But it's hiddenness shows its uniqueness, its sacredness, and its holiness. In the news, on social media, whatever outlet it may be, we hear over and over and over again the laments of people about the state of our world, our society, our culture. We hear critiques that its inability to bring about peace and joy. We wonder why such atrocities occur and why there's such a lack in the ability to simply be human nowadays. Solution after solution is presented, yet none seem to prove to work. We, we speak so much about the importance of education to get us out of the rut we find ourselves in, but the very school of education that we need most is being undermined, attacked, and demolished. It's the school of the family. So let's get to the point. How do we make families holy again? What can we do to set apart our family from the rest? To set apart our family as something special? This morning I'd like to suggest five practical tips. And I'd like to again use the joyful mysteries to teach us. To allow Mary, the, one who, the very one who taught Jesus, to teach us. They're very simple, but very practical. The first joyful mystery, as you know, is the Annunciation. Mary's in her home, probably doing her normal duties, 
and yet encounters God in the special moment. And first off, the home should be a place where we can encounter God, but more importantly, where God can encounter us. A place that is conducive to knowing God. There's a traditional phrase that the church is the ecclesia domestica. In Latin, it simply means the domestic church. It's the church in in miniature. And so if the church is where we gather to pray and to offer sacrifice, so too does the home need a place that is a school of prayer and a school of sacrifice. It's not supposed to be a monastery domestica, okay? Doesn't mean to be a domestic monastery where there's nothing said, everyone's chanting all the time, and you pray hours and hours on end. That's not what it's called to be. Rather, prayer needs to be simple and consistent. Simple and consistent. You can see, my brothers and sisters, prayer bonds us with God. And God is the only one that can bond us together as a family. And so prayer is essential for there to be union in the family. The cliche saying goes, you know it, the family that prays together stays together. And it's true. Show me a family that says does daily prayer together that ends up in destruction. It doesn't happen. So what are some practical ways to do this? Maybe before you have your routine in the morning, before you all go your separate ways, to gather together, take a silent moment to pray with one another. Or maybe the evenings are better. And you spouses can do this too if if your children are off in college or wherever it may be. To where you do the three, two, one, I call it. The three God moments you have, two failures you had, and one way you're going to do better tomorrow. Where three times you say, wow, God worked in my life. He surprised me in this moment. He provided for me in this moment. Teach your children how to be attentive to God's presence. And also teach your children to own up to their faults. Hey, mom and dad, or hey, my my spouse, I messed up today here. I failed to love this person. And then one thing you're going to do better tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to make sure I go out of my way to serve this person or to say a kind word to this person. Three, two, one. Simple. How much television we watch at home, huh? And instead of allowing those scenes that are on the television to pass our minds, to pass our eyes, how about sitting down and saying just one decade of the rosary, just one. And let a scene of Christ's life pass before our eyes as we meditate upon it, contemplate it. What about taking the gospel of the day, reading it, and sharing what it means to you, how you're going to apply it to your life? All this takes maybe 10 minutes. Simple, consistent. There's a famous saying. It says, show me your calendar and your checkbook, and I'll show you what's really important in your life. Make time for God. He literally created time for you. So number one, family prayer. Being schooled and being open to God. 
The second joyful mystery is a visitation. What happens in this mystery? Mary goes out in haste to serve her cousin Elizabeth when she finds out that she's pregnant. And so the home should be the place where we learn how to serve one another. Now, there's no question about it. Our family members are the hardest people to love, are they not? There's a mystery in that, I think. But if we can learn to serve each other, to serve one another in our homes, how much more would we be willing to serve the stranger outside our homes? And yes, it's difficult to love. Yes, it's harder to love. But the home should be where we strive the most to love. Because it's our family. Parents, serve your children by being a great example of what it means to be a Christian man and a Christian woman. Show them how to love one another by your love between yourselves. Children need to know what real love looks like. Children, there's not many here at 7 o'clock. They're not waking up at this time. But children, if you're here, love your parents. Pray for them. And thank God every day for them. Even you parents who are still children, do the same. And when your patience gets thin, remember the words of St. Paul. Do all things without grumbling or arguing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And when you have a grievance against one another, St. Paul tells us today in our second reading, put on as God's chosen ones heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. So number two, serve one another. The third joyful mystery, the nativity of Christ. We've been celebrating that all week, and if you can only imagine that sacred and holy night, that Jesus, I mean, Joseph and Mary, their eyes were probably the whole time fixed on Jesus. They couldn't get their eyes off of him. When the shepherds came, they came for one person, that was the Christ. When the Magi came a little later, a couple days later, they were fixed on the King of Kings. Our brothers and sisters, we need to have at least a crucifix or an image of Jesus somewhere that's prominent in our homes so we can fix our eyes on him. Do you have one of those in your home? Where is it? Isn't that back room that nobody goes to? Is it hidden away for no one to see? When a visitor comes to, you, to your house, can they say, okay, they are Christian. Their king is exalted. So maybe put a crucifix from somewhere on a room that you go to all the time or a picture of Jesus to where at every moment when you walk around your house, you can have constant reminders of God's love for us and God's love for you. I have a crucifix in my room. Probably 90% of the time I pass it without even seeing it. But sometimes I look at it and I have to stop. My eyes are fixed on it for just a second. And I'm reminded of God's love for me. Simple reminders. So third, 
place a crucifix, place an image of Christ in a place that's prominent, where everyone can see, exalt him, let people know that he's the king of your home. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of the temple. We heard this morning in our gospel, Jesus presented to the temple. Jesus, who is God become man, is totally obedient, totally faithful to the commands that are placed upon the Israelite people. The very commands he gave them. He's so humble that he fulfills them himself. And they're always faithful. The Holy Family is always faithful to going to Mass. They're always faithful to going to the temple to offer prayer. So Sundays, they're for two things, worship and rest. John Paul II has some powerful words for us again. He says, the Eucharist is the very source of Christian marriage. In the Eucharistic gift of charity, the Christian family finds the foundation and soul of its communion and its mission. My brothers, this is how do we expect the family to flourish? If its very source, if its very life is not the highlight of its day. Christian marriage, its very existence depends on the Eucharist. The family's existence and purpose depends on the Eucharist. And so the Mass needs to be your highlight, what you do well on that day. In regards to rest, Pope Francis says, parents, waste time with your kids. If you're going to waste time on anything, waste time on them. Grandparents who are here, waste time on them too. Spoil them. Let them know they're loved. And we have Sundays free from work, despite our necessary duties that we have to do. It shows that our priority is not economic growth. It's not our own demands, our own wants, but the families are important, and God is our importance. He's our priority. So number four, waste time with God on Sundays and waste time with your kids and grandkids. The fifth joyful mystery, the final one, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Parents and godparents, please tell your children and grandchildren about Jesus. Please share the faith with them. Learn the faith together. Children who are out there, even you older ones, ask your parents questions about the faith. Parents, if you don't know, don't tell them, go ask Father. Look it up together. Learn the faith together. Jesus was in the temple discussing the matters of God. And so our home, which is a temple in miniature, needs, a place, needs to be a place where we discuss God. It needs to be a place that's open to discussing the joys and the struggles of living a Christian life. Because we have both of them, do we not? The dinner table. Talk about how God's working in your life. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus in your own home. Love him together. Parents, lastly on this part, you're the primary educators of your children. 
grandparent, God picked grandparents to play a special role. No CCD classes, no school, whether private or public, can take that away from you. It's your duty, your responsibility, a beautiful one and a grave one. Please do not neglect it. To wrap up, John Paul II, when he said those words, as a family goes, so goes the world in which we live, he also said this, the future of the world and the church passes through the family. And so we need families to rise up to their vocation, to their call. If we take those simple steps, praying together, something that's simple and consistent, rose your scripture, serve one another, love one another, and when it's hard to love your family, strive the more to love them and serve them. Make your home a place where Jesus is known to be king. He's exalted. You have an image of him. Number four, waste time with God and waste time with your children and grandchildren. Rest and go to Mass. And fifthly, speak about God as a family. Learn the faith as a family. Talk about the joys and struggles of family. Do it together. Families, no one can fulfill your role. Be who you are. The future depends on you. God bless you.